Today's episode of GM Street is brought to you by MyBookie, the industry-leading website for all your betting needs. With their great odds, fast payouts, and decades of expertise, you can bet with confidence. Your team doesn't even have to win. They just need to cover the spread. Or if you know your team sucks, do yourself a favor and bet against them. If they lose, you'll make money, and if they win, you'll still be happy. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus for the last time this year. Use promo code RINGERNFL to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Sunday night, and on the line we have Mr. Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? Good, Nate Frazier. I'm sorry I'm not over there. Flight got a little delayed, but I'm back in town, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, I miss seeing your whatever jersey would have been the one to wear today. I don't know. Maybe the Barry Sanders throwback would have been nice. You know, do you remember Barry Sanders? Do I do. Remember him? He, Are you I, familiar with his work? I'm not sure we need him in the booth talking about uh, what's going on in the world yeah, of football. Yeah, that was, that, that was a little <laughs> awkward, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it's kind of strange. It feels like every Detroit game, like we had the Eminem uh, when he was in the booth with them. That they always have weird people come in the booth when they do the Lions games, and uh, yeah, yeah. Barry Sanders, you know, kept up that tradition. I mean, it was like, yeah, it was just, it was, you know, you know, Al was like thinking to himself, how do we get out of this gracefully as quickly as we can? You know, like, can we get to a commercial and Barry have to go somewhere? It was bad. But uh, anyway, he's a great game, running though, back, right, though. Nate Frazier? Absolutely. It was a really good game. We were just saying, uh, just wrapped up. We had a fight <laughs> to end this one, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it ends 20 to 15. The Steelers uh, steal a win pretty much. I mean, the Lions had a great opportunity. Uh, second and goal in the one-yard line. They don't score. They come up with no points. Big stand from Shazier and that Steelers defense. And they pull one out. I mean, the, it, it seems like the Steelers every week, it's it's a roller coaster ride. They don't look great. Big Ben, you know, sometimes looks like a shell of his former self, but somehow they, they find a way to win. Yeah, it, It's kind of remarkable. I mean, Ben, you can see Ben can't drive the ball. I mean, Ben's throws are so inconsistent. I wonder what Martavius Bryant's thinking today, you know, after watching Juju Schuster go up and down the field. You know, he's lucky he has a job. He's, he's thinking, like, I hope I get traded to the New England Patriots, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he would last six <laughs> seconds in New England. Come on, stop. There's no chance. He couldn't play in New England to save his life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that'd be just perfect. Oh, that's my favorite trade rumor that's going around right now. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Heck, there's a lot of them. I mean, they just they just create themselves. I mean, look, this I we'll, we'll talk about it when we're with the, the narrative of the week. But I think the one thing that jumped out at me, I mean that that Seattle that Seattle Houston game was great, but Russell Wilson was absolutely you know dynamic in that game. Hey, and Paul Richardson. And Tyler Lockett, they were just amazing in that game. And let's talk about that. I mean, so Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, I mean, that was probably one of the best showdowns we've seen from two quarterbacks. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked like a young version of Russell Wilson escaping the pocket, making big throws. And then Wilson puts up 452 yards, four touchdowns, and an epic 41-38 win. Uh, we had to talk about it. I mean, that, that Paul, I mean, it's always been Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson. That's the one-two combo that they have in Seattle. But Paul Richardson looks like a guy right now that's really breaking out. I mean, he's got 105 yards, two touchdowns. He was everywhere, and uh, Russell Wilson seems like that's his new guy, his new toy in the shop, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, because he'll go compete for the football. You know, he got a couple times he was in jump ball situations, and he came down with it. I mean, he's got a chance to. You know, they got a chance to intercept the ball. The one of the most overrated 
things about the Houston Texans last year when they were good on defense was this, oh, they're really good in the secondary. You know, they got two first-round picks. They've never been good in the secondary. I don't care who they drafted in the first round. They have never been good back there. Kareem Jackson, I mean, you know, Joseph's been their best corner. The the kid from Wake Forest who they drafted in the third round has been hurt this year, Kevin Johnson. But really, I mean, what you what you're seeing out of the Houston Texans on defense is what they are without JJ Watt, without Whitney Marcellus. I mean, they can't rush. So that secondary, which has never been very good, but it's been talked about like it was, it got exposed and Russell Wilson exposed it, and those guys made some incredible plays. Because look, let's face it, we tried to drop Eddie Lacy off last week at Green Bay on the way home from where they, when they won the game against the Giants. Yep. Right? Yep. Then we tried to drop him off somewhere, and with the plane didn't land. He came back to have six carries for no yards this week. I mean, at some point, can we just stop giving him the ball? But Rawls had six carries for minus one yard. Yeah, and Lockett, I mean, really Lockett they tried to give him some carries. I mean, the whole, the, basically, their running back is also Russell Wilson at this point. Yeah, exactly. 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 And that's not a good place to be if you're the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I just want to touch on, I mean, obviously we mentioned how great Russell Wilson looked. I just want to tell you about how amazing Deshaun Watson looks. I mean, he becomes the first player in the Super Bowl era to end up with 400 yards passing, four TDs, and 50 yards rushing in one game. So that's, I mean, that's on a whole nother level when you talk about impact on a game. And, I mean, we're going to get into this later, but, I mean, he looks like it's surefire he should have been the number one pick, and now he's leading the league in touchdowns and it looks like he probably could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I mean, that Seahawks defense, I mean, they gave him nothing but praise after the game. Oh, look, he was unbelievable. I mean, if there's any debate, he should have been the first pick in the draft. I mean, enough is enough. You know, we saw Carson Wentz put the debate about he wasn't a top 20 quarterback away. Now we're seeing Deshaun Watson prove what Dabo Sweeney said about him all the time. And here's the amazing thing about this game, he gets 500 yards in this game. The, the, the Texans' offense has 500 yards, over 500 yards of offense against a really good Seattle defense. And yet Deshaun Watson's just two for ten on third down. Mm-hmm. He did all this without, without converting a bunch of third downs. It's really remarkable what he did. He's brought to life to, to a franchise which is going through some, some tough times between what their owners said and the meetings and all that. But Deshaun Watson held the team together. He's given them a new culture, something that you would think they might need in Cleveland, but I guess they don't need it. But, you know, this Mitchell Trubisky talk, he's your boy. That's your boy, Mitchell Trubisky. Goes second pick overall, plays 13 games. You pass on a guy like Deshaun Watson. And I'm telling you something, Tate Frazier, the 49ers are going to live to regret this one. They get blown out again. They're 0 for 8. Okay, well, they're going to get Kirk Cousins next year. So what? You could have had Deshaun Watson this year. Like they had the second pick in the draft, they got they traded down to three. They could have picked them the third pick. They could have had a, the face of their franchise. All those teams are going to sit there and look at this this stat sheet and say he went into Seattle and did what? Yeah, and that that Seattle defense, I mean, that is the cream of the crop when you talk about a secondary. And he picked them apart. I mean, from from the start of the game, I mean, he was throwing the deep ball to Will Fuller, who looks like a guy that I mean, he's making huge catches and he's bounced back from that injury and. You know, he's basically a touchdown machine at this point. And Deshaun Watson, I mean, they opened the playbook for him. Bill O'Brien, they're letting him throw the ball down the field. They're not afraid of him to make a mistake. I mean, he did have that big interception. Earl Thomas runs it back for like a 75-yard touchdown. But regardless, they believe in him, and the team seems to rally around him. And we should say Dwayne Brown comes back. He has an impact. He does the, you know, he takes a knee before the game uh, to stand up for all the players in his first game back uh, for the Texans. So that was a big moment. A lot of people obviously are going to cover that whole thing. But, um 
I would just say this. So when you look at the Houston Texans, that is probably the most fun team to play offense right now in the NFL. And, and that's a crazy thing to say about a rookie quarterback. It really is. It's unbelievable. But Will Fuller, I think it's 11 catches, seven of them are touchdowns. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, and, and, and he's made, and, and really what Deshaun Watson has done, he's made Bill O'Brien a better, better offensive coach. Now, look, I'll say this for Bill O'Brien. I mean, I think Bill O'Brien learned something today. You know, the Patriot game, they didn't, they didn't have, they had a chance to win that. He's three and four right now. Had chance to win that Patriot game, had chance to win today. If he would believe in his quarterback a little bit more and put the ball in his hand at the end of the game, he really, you know, he had that, they got that one first down, and Pete Carroll did a great job of managing the clock. He's got three timeouts. He doesn't take his first timeout after they get six yards on first down. He waits. They get the first down. The two-minute warning starts. And then something I've never seen in the history of my career in the NFL, Tate Fraser. Yep. They start the clock. They run a running play, okay? And the timer in Seattle only takes four seconds off the clock. Nobody bitches in Seattle about this. <laughs> I mean, nobody in, on Houston sidelines bitching. Bill O'Brien's not saying a word. They call timeout. There's 1.56 to go on the clock, okay? It's impossible to have a run play go for just four seconds, okay? However, not to be outdone, the next running play they call goes for three seconds. So when they call timeout, there's 1.53 to go, okay? They've run two plays in seven seconds. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. Nobody bitched about it. Nobody complained about it. Like that, clearly the clock starter in Seattle is way wrong. It's at least six seconds on a run play by the time the ball gets, by the time the back gets the ball, gets through the hole. It doesn't take three seconds. And I think Bill O'Brien blew it because he should have put the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands on second and third down and got a first down and never let Russell Wilson have the ball back. Never. Yeah, there's no way you can give him a chance to go down the field and make a drive. I mean, that is. You knew he was going to score. Absolutely. Of course. That's what he does. And it's one of those things, too, where I hope the, the timer in Seattle gets a raise because, you know, that, that's, that's the stuff that you pay he's for. The unsung, <laughs> he's the unsung hero of the day. Nobody's going to talk about it. You know, nobody will say. Nobody, I have yet to read any commentary about it yet from anywhere, anywhere on, on the internet. The only place you're going to get is GM Street. Yeah. I'm telling you, the timer there. At 156, if I were Bill O'Brien, I would have been going crazy on the sideline. Then it went to 153. Three seconds? Are you <laughs> kidding me? It took seven seconds to run two plays, and they never said a word about it. And, and you know, look, as Belichick often says, they got what they deserved. They got, you know, they gave the ball back to Russell Wilson, and the next thing you know, he scores a touchdown, the game's over. Well, let's talk about a guy that got what he deserved, and that was redemption. Case Keenum goes back to London. For people that don't remember last year, Case Keenum, uh, when he was the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, he had a pretty miserable day um, in London through four interceptions. He goes back today, uh, leads the Vikings 33-16 to over the Browns. Case Keenum looks like he's a legitimate quarterback. I know a lot of people are talking about Teddy Bridgewater. It looks like he could come back around week 10 is what they're saying now. But at this point, Case Keenum looks like a guy that can fill in and get wins for that team. Yeah, like I don't understand this whole movement for Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's coming back after the bye week. Why? Like Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played it over a year. You think, is he going to play better? Is he going to be able to make these throws that Case Keenum's making? I mean, it's really, look, they came in there. And they did their business. I mean, the, the Browns were typical of the Browns. They don't need a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. They have uh, Deshaun Kaiser. You know, the two things we learned, Brian, Brian Kelly was right and Dabo Sweeney was right. Kaiser needs another year of school, and Sweeney was right about, the, uh, about uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, look, I think Case Keenum's the starting quarterback in Minnesota. If Teddy comes back, to me, it's a backup. 
get him in the game, because I thought Keenum played really well in the game. They got behind in the game. They turned the ball over. A ball got tipped in the air in this game. They turned it over. It, he, they didn't panic. They came back. McKinnon has done a nice job of filling in for Dalvin Cook. He looks like he's running well. Murray's not running great, but at least they can pound him a little bit. McKinnon's been great in the passing. And then Thielen's made some plays. Finally caught a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. So, but they went in there. They dominated the Browns. I know we, we talk about they should beat the Browns. But look, we talked about it on, on GM Street on Saturday. We th- I thought they would go in there and dominate the Browns. The score indicates they did. The game was closer than the score, but they came out the victor. And I think Case Keenum shows he's the starting quarterback for the Vikings. And I want to say I like that you made the case for Case, which was beautiful, really well done. But I want I want to give the Browns credit. They got their first lead. They had a lead at halftime. Their first lead of the season um, at the midway point. So congrats to them. The Cleveland Browns are making progress. Yeah. The other thing I would congratulate them is they didn't dress peppers today. And, you know, so they didn't give up any passes thrown over their heads. So that's a good thing. So they're making progress. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. <laughs> and, Kenny Britt, and Kenny Britt did not play today. He was a no, He was dressed but didn't play. He went to London but didn't play. All right, just got a nice, going, nice little vacation across the pond. Yeah, uh, party next, gifts at the door. <laughs> next up, we got the, the Buffalo Bills. They show that they're a legitimate team and a legitimate contender in the AFC East. They dominate the Raiders. The Raiders obviously did not have Marshawn Lynch uh, serving the suspension from when he ran out on the field last week. Um, but the Buffalo Bills look like a legitimate team, and LaShawn McCoy looked like the superstar everyone expected him to be at the start of the season. You know, we talked about it on GM Street on Saturday. This is a game where the Bills' offense, which usually struggles when they play a, b- a bad defense, they're, they're going to come out. I mean, McCoy had six catches. He run the he ran the ball twenty seven times, averaged over five yards. I mean, look, the, the Bills are doing what they have to do. They intercept the ball. They they make plays. They turn the ball over. They create fumbles. They don't give up very many big plays. They got behind in this game seven to nothing. They came right back. And they and they did exactly what they had to do. They're the better team. The Raiders, to me, are just all they do is read their press code. Because I mean, now they're going to fly down to Sarasota. They're going to spend a week in Sarasota before they play the Miami Dolphins. Good luck. What the Raiders need, what Reggie McKenzie needs to do, is shake up the locker room. Because right now, there's a lot of complacency in that locker room. They think they're great. They're three and five. They have one of the highest paid quarterbacks in football. Hasn't averaged over seven yards per pass attempt. Really, when you break them down. Hasn't made the plays he needs to make, and oh by the way, you know Amari Cooper's back to under ten yards a catch because of course they played Carol. They played a good team like Buffalo that could take away the big plays, and they really only gave up one big play—a forty-yard pass to Crabtree today. So longest run of the day was fourteen yards. This is what Buffalo does: they play well in the red area, they play good on third down, and they make you beat them, and you can't. And the Raiders aren't going to beat very many people playing like this. Absolutely, and then when you look at just the way the Bills have been able to shape the whole season. I mean, LaShawn McCoy after the game, he was just like, this team is all about heart. No one's believing in us. We we all have to believe in ourselves. And at this point, we, we think we can be a legitimate team. So um, that's exciting stuff for LaShawn McCoy and the Buffalo Bills. Next up, we have the New Orleans Saints. They get a win. The Buccaneers get a pretty bad loss to the Carolina Panthers today. Jameis Winston looked like, you know, not the Jameis that you'd hope to see when you started Hard Knocks this season. Um but the, it's big for the Saints in the NFC South. They look like they may be con- in control of uh, of that division right now. You know, I, I'd say the Saints played well on defense. I know Mitchell Trubisky, you know, they gave up 100 yards rushing. Uh, but they played really good on defense. They made plays down the stretch when they had to. They they contained Trubisky from running around, making plays, loose plays. And, and offensively, they did what they had to do to move the football. As for Tampa, I think we can officially put Dirk Cotter on the hot seat. I mm. think Dirk Cotter's got all this talent. They spent all this money, 
And I, I think Dirk Cotter is going to be on the hot seat. I, I don't think Dirk Cotter, I think, could he make it through the end of the year? Perhaps. But I think you're going to start hearing a lot of people in the NFL are telling me that the name that they're hearing is Gruden for that back, back to the Bucks job, that he's made up with the Glazers. The Glazers could easily bring him back because they need somebody to help their franchise out because right now they have all this offensive talent and they can't score any points. And we've already seen Gruden. I mean, he obviously has a rapport and a relationship with Jameis Winston. He did his QB camp with him. He you know, always talks about Jameis when you do the Monday night games. He does the full spectrum of why he could be a great quarterback. So uh, I, I feel like he's intrigued by that job and obviously he's in com- comfortable in Tampa. So that is uh, yeah. that's, that's something to and watch. That'll be the rumor. I mean, that that's one of those jobs that's going to – like I that's everybody in the, nobody outside the NFL is talking about it. Everybody I talk to in the NFL is talking about the Bucks job and they think it's over with for, they think it's going to end up being over with for Dirk Cotter. If he doesn't get this thing turned around fairly quickly and it doesn't look like it's going to get turned around fairly quickly at all. Yeah, that uh, that's very true. Let's let's guess some narratives for this week. Obviously Dirk Cutter being on the hot seat is one that will probably come up at some point. Um, Another thing that will, uh, you know, and Chuck Pagano is going to be on the hot. Yeah. You know, we got all our typical hot seat guys, so that that's going to be the. But I, I think the narrative this week is going to be trade talk, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the trading the, the trading deadlines on Tuesday. Uh, everybody's going to talk about. Look, I, I I tweeted this out earlier today. The Colts will trade you anybody other than Andrew Luck, who I think the this week they'll put him on IR. I think I think the Andrew Luck thing will get resolved this week. They'll put him on IR. He's not going to come back and play. And I think they'll trade you anybody on their roster that they didn't sign or draft this year as they start their regime. If you want Harry Anderson, for example, if you want T.Y. Hilton, but they're not going to give any of these guys away. You're going to have to pay for them and pay well, but they would be willing to make deals. I think they're going to make deals. I think San Francisco will make deals. And it's funny, this week, people didn't pick up on this, but at at, uh, Doug Peterson's press conference during the week, he started talking about Joe Staley as if he was – going to try to trade for Joe Staley of the 49ers, which I found fascinating. So could the 49ers trade Joe Staley? Yeah. He's got two years left on his contract. Could the Eagles be interested in a left tackle? I think more than ever, after watching the Eagles play today against the 49ers, I think the Eagles will be one of those desperate teams, and they will try to make a trade for left tackle this week. And can I talk about another desperation move that the Eagles are reportedly considering at this point? And that is trying to go after uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, the retired receiver, the the pro bowler, the superstar. Everyone's saying that he could be back on the market and the Eagles are aggressively trying to, to try to give him a call and try to get him back on the field. I mean, is that something that could possibly happen or is that just my own uh, I don't faith in Megatron? It. Like I hear these. I, I mean, I know it's a big story. People called, but like, how is that possible? Like, a guy hasn't played in two years. You think he's going to come back and play and be able to handle the punishment? We've got we're halfway through the season. To me, it just it, it sounds great if we were playing trading cards, but it doesn't make any sense at all it, it, for for him to come on the field. I, I just don't get that one. I, I really don't. I, I I don't see that one happening at all. I, I don't. I, I know the I know the Patriots will try to make a trade, but I think it's becoming more difficult to make a trade. I don't think there's a lot of guys out there that they can trade for. Because unless something happens in the, the, the deadline, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of activity from people you know, that want to just get rid of a guy or just ship a guy. I mean, if you want to pay a king's ransom, if you want to pay a high pick for Harry Anderson of the Colts, go ahead. I don't think very many teams are going to want to do it, so that's why I don't think he'll get traded. And can I throw out another name that I, I've wondered sure. what his value is? Uh, Jimmy Graham. I mean, 
I know that last year people talked about him possibly being on the trade block. I know Pete Carroll's been asked about it and he's denied the reports. But, I mean, is he a guy that you could see? I mean, there, there's still some value there with Jimmy Graham. We've obviously, he doesn't look like the old Jimmy Graham that we saw with the Saints, of course. But um, I don't know. I feel like there are some teams that need a tight end. And, and Eric, Eric Ebron's another name that's out there, a tight end that is apparently on the trading block. Yeah, and Ebron looked like, you know, but Ebron's not a tight end. Ebron's a big receiver. Yeah. Anquan Bolden and Ebron are the same kind of guys. They're both inside slot receivers. Now, whether Anquan Bolden can get traded this week, I don't know. To me, Jimmy Graham's a little bit like Marcel Darius. I mean, that was more of a salary dump by Buffalo than it was anything. And Jacksonville has tons of cap room, so they took him on. But I, I don't know who could take Jimmy Graham on based on the way he's playing right now, based on the way he's not catching the football consistently. To me, that would be an interesting trade if they try to do that. I, I don't see that one happening. But, you know, it, look, at some point these teams get desperate and they'll do anything. I mean, the Raiders, like I said earlier in the podcast, they should make a trade. They should really go after, try to get rid of some of these, shake up their locker room a little bit. I think the Falcons should make a trade too because the Falcons, we haven't talked about them. Falcons won today because the Jets are really just about a 55-minute team. Basically, the Jets played really well. And then in the fourth quarter, they just kind of fall apart a little bit. But the Falcons aren't even close to being back to where they were last year. Yeah, they uh, they were really bad. For people that didn't see that game, there was a lot of rain that Matt Ryan was dealing with. And, uh, I mean, he fumbled the snap. I mean, I think he fumbled four or five snaps at least. Two of them he lost. And then at the end of the game, they just had to put him in shotgun because they couldn't trust him under center with Alex Mack. I mean, he was he could not hold on to the football. I've never seen anything quite like it from a you know a veteran guy like that. It was insane. It looks like they never practiced with wet balls, didn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. It was very strange because, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan is obviously, you know, he's played up in Boston College. You know, that's not the the best weather all the time. He's had to deal with, you know, tough conditions. But for whatever reason today, he looked like he just could not hold the football. Yeah, I know. It looked like he struggled. He struggled with, you know, he played, you know, he made a couple plays down the field of Julio Jones, which ended up being really the game winners for him. It was a game that the Jets moved the ball fairly well. Josh McCown played another really good game. But the Jets just can't seem. They gave up the one long run in the day. They just can't seem to make a play when they need to make a play. Uh, you know, they got a horrible pass interference call on Austin Sefron Jenkins. I mean, it was mm-hmm. really bad offensive pass interference. But, you know, I mean, that's what happens to a team. I mean, the Jets are sitting there three and five and easily could make the case to be five and three. I mean, this week against Buffalo will be a great test because Buffalo's playing well. Buffalo's five and two. But the Jets are no, no easy, easy punch. I mean, the Jets will be a tough out. Yep, they bounce back. Uh, It's been fun for Gang Green this year. Um, I have one more narrative, and it's about the Zach Miller play for for people that didn't see this. Zach Miller, he went went down with a dislocated knee. uh, Zach Miller did on on a touchdown play that could have really changed the game uh, in the Saints-Bears game, for especially for Mitchell Trubisky. That was a big touchdown play for him. Um, It goes... And it gets reviewed. They decide that it's not a touchdown because he rolls over and loses possession of the ball. There's been a lot of backlash on this about what is, you know, what is actually maintaining control of the ball uh, after the initial contact to the ground. Um, And basically my whole thing was, you know, we saw Blandino leave and now it's uh, in in the hands of a new regime. And at this point, the replays are going to become a big narrative and people are going to keep, you know, harping on how technical and these little minute decisions are making big impacts on games. And I, I feel like at some point people are going to turn against this whole replay thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, did you see the Ohio state? Did you see the Ohio state Penn state game? Yes, I did. I mean, the interception that, that they call on the field, they overturned it. Mm-hmm. I, like I, to me, I don't know how they overturned it. Did I, did I think the kid, I think if it would have been called an intercept, uh, a, a, a touchdown on the field, I would have stuck with it. 
it was called an interception. I, I, I just didn't really see it, but I, you're right. I mean, I saw that play. When I saw that play in the Bears-Saint game, I didn't think it was a touchdown because the ball hit the ground before he possessed it. So I could see that why they overturned it. But And then, of course, Zach Miller dislocates his knee and he's out for the season, which even makes that even worse. So, yeah, I mean, possibly. That, that's they said it could be career-threatening, unfortunately. So we're, oh, that's yeah. horrible. It's that's horrible. horrible. That's just horrible. Yeah, so we're pulling for Zach Miller, hopefully. Hopefully that will be good news coming out of that camp. But um, yeah, it was a really tough play, and it's even worse that he went down with such a you know severe injury, and then it gets overturned after the whole thing. It it just was. It, I hate to see it. Honestly, it, it just it wasn't good for any for anyone involved at all. Obviously. Yeah. No. It's 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 bad. But you know, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, and it, you know that turf just kind of eats up your knee and grabs a hold of it. it it's horrible. But you know, I mean, uh, you just hope hope it's not career ending. Hopefully, he can come back and. And, and through a year and hopefully rehab himself and get back on the field. Yep. Is there any more narratives you have for this week? Yeah, my other narrative, I think based on the way Washington played today without with basically their JV team, they had nobody in there. Of course, it'll, I'm sure it'll still be uh, Cousins' fault while they lost because of the <laughs> interception at the end of the game. Of course. But, I, I, I mean, to me, I think the narrative is going to be coming out of Philly that Philly's got the East already won, even though they haven't played Dallas yet. I think people are going to think Philly's got the East one. But if you watch the Philly game today, not having a left tackle is really going to bother Philly. I think Philly is going to be one of these major players in the trade. I think Philly smells that they can get cross, get home field advantage. they got seven wins already. I think they feel like they can. They'll have a tough game this week against Denver. Denver will be the best team that they've played all season. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. I mean, defensively, not offensively. But it'll be interesting to see. But I think the narrative of the, the other narrative of the week is Philly has the East because Washington's done. I mean, Washington's lost twice to Philly, and now they've lost once to Dallas. I mean, it's over with. You know, Jay Gruden's like six games under five hundred and just got an extension. I mean, life has got to be good if you're a Gruden, right? <laughs> you got to be a grinder, you know? That's how it works. You just grind it out. There we Keep, go. Yeah, you start getting more and more in contracts. Uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, Zeke bounced back, had 150 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that Dallas team looks pretty scary at this point. I mean, it's hard to 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 put a shoe in for the Eagles, but uh, with the Cowboys looming, but I don't know that that'll be that'll be the race in the East, the Cowboys and the Eagles, obviously. Uh, yeah, well, they're gonna have to beat them. They're gonna have to beat them twice. I mean, yeah. that's the problem. They're gonna have to beat the Eagles twice because they got a two game lead on them already. And, you know, I'm sure they'll look, they're going to stub their toe eventually because they're going to have to put the Eagles play the third easiest schedule in the NFL. The Steelers and them have the easiest schedules going down the stretch here. So, but I think they're going to have to find a way to play without with the left tackle not being there. And I think that's going to be difficult. Yep. Uh, Let's take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor, LinkedIn. Have you tried to hire someone lately? It's hard. I'm unfortunately not in a position to hire anyone, but if I did, I would post to LinkedIn. You post to job boards and hope you'll find the right person for your job, but think about it. How often do you check job boards? For most people, it's a pretty occasional thing, but there is a place where people go daily to grow professionally and explore job opportunities. In fact, 70% of the U.S. workforce is here, and that's LinkedIn. You already know LinkedIn as the world's largest professional network. Well, it's also a better way to find great talent. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who have posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. 
22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week. And because LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job to potential candidates, businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. Go to linkedin.com slash NFL and get a $50 credit toward your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash NFL for your $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. And we're not done yet. Want to save big? Over 300 million smart and thrifty shoppers have discovered Wish, the mobile mall app that connects you to thousands of merchants. Wish makes it easy to shop fashion, shoes, electronics, kitchen gadgets, and more directly from the makers. That way, you pay 60 to 90% less than what you'd pay in a store. No markups and no overpay. They even have an outlet section complete with products from amazing brands like Polo, Champion, Wrangler, and even Hanes. Looking at you, Michael Jordan. And if you can wait a few weeks for delivery, you'll get lower shipping prices than almost anywhere else. No wonder it's the number one shopping app on the App Store and Google Play and the highest rated mobile shopping app in the world. Plus, all you basketball fans will be glad to know that Wish is the official mobile shopping partner of the LA Lakers. And now, for our listeners, Wish is offering all new users a free gift with your purchase. But dedicated Wish lovers, don't worry about being left out. All listeners can get 20% off your purchase by using the code RINGERNFL. Just download and open your Wish app, find things you didn't even know you needed, and enter code RINGERNFL for 20% off your purchase. All right, Lombardi, we are back and we're going to give out some awards for the week. First up, as always, time to go on the lamb. Let's go. Who do you have this week? Oh, the, uh, I, I think my man Dirk Cotter needs to go on the lamb. I think that whole Tampa Bay front office, everybody down there needs to go on the lamb because they got they spent so much money. They've got so many players. They talked about how explosive they were going to be. Who can cover this guy? you got Mike Evans. you got Deshaun Jackson. And they get another week where they can't really score any points and, and they're not making any progress. I, I think it might be time for them to go on the lamb. Lose at home to the Carolina Panthers. You're 2-5. and five. I think it's lamb time. I, I think they ought to take a little trip to Boca. And how does Jameis Win- I mean, does Jameis Winston finally get some backlash eventually? It, it's amazing to me how unscathed he seems on, on all this stuff. I mean, everyone's so, it's sort of like the Andrew Luck thing. It's no matter what he's doing, we're, we're still going to, you know, we're on his side at this point. But I, I just wonder if that will flip because he looked really bad today. Julius Peppers looked amazing. Jameis Winston did not look great. You know what's funny is, is Dirk Cotter got his job because basically Jameis Winston wanted him to be the head coach. So they fired, they fired Lovey Smith. Uh, they kept the general manager. They fired Lovey Smith. They hired Dirk Cotter because that's what that's what Jameis wanted. Eli wanted Ben Ben McAdoo, and nobody seems to learn that when you give the players the position coach that they want to be the head coach, that the job changes. So maybe Dirk Cotter was really a good offensive coordinator for Winston when he was just doing that job. But when he becomes the head coach, other stuff starts to happen. Same thing with Ben McAdoo. We see that happen all the time. So I find it interesting that maybe one time these owners won't listen to what they're, what they're talking about. And speaking of owners, you know who else should really go on the lamb? Well, Hugh, Hugh Jackson's going to go on the lamb. But I love Hugh Jackson after every game when he says the Haslams have, will support me all the way through, even though the quote never comes from the Haslams. It's unbelievable, and people buy it. It's genius PR move. You just put it out there that they have your back. I like it. They have my back. They have my back. Nope. They, I talked to them all the week. They have my back. You're four and 40, 41 as a franchise the last 45 <laughs> games. You're one and 23 the last 24 games. There's nobody has your back. I don't care who you are. There's nobody has your back. Yeah. It's impossible. 
It's impossible. Poor Browns fans. I, I don't. I, I don't want to add I insult to injury. Bad. Just remember, they had a lead at halftime today. Everyone, just don't forget that. Uh, next up, we have the Fred Palermo Award, and that's going to go to the Buffalo Bills. You got to love my Buffalo Bills. I, I think Sean McDermott's changed the culture there. They had a nice game plan against the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, to me, like they walked in there thinking that, hey, we're going to show up in our uniforms and everything's going to be fine. We're the Raiders. We're just going to show it. Man, I'm telling you what, they, they got punched in the mouth. And the Raiders, to me, are going to be one of the most disappointing stories of the season. The Raiders are going to be picking in the top ten. You wait and see. Do you think Del Rio, at any point, it'll fall back on him? Or will he be able to, you know, after last year, just kind of ride it out? Got a, he just got – I mean, it might have been one of the most overreacting – reacting extensions in the history of football. Really, when you break Even more down, than Jay Gruden's extension? Well, Jay Gruden was. They were just buying the silence. I mean, but that's a great point. Thank you for correcting me on that, Dave Frazier. That was, that was like, to me, that was the best point ever. I mean, like, they just, they just overreached. They didn't, where was he going to go? Like, if Al Davis would have been alive, there's no chance Jack Del Rio would have gotten an extension. Hell, we went to the Super Bowl with Bill Callahan as our head coach. He had two years plus two years on a deal. And all Al have would have had to do is just pick up the option in the second year on his on the third year, and he was so pissed off we lost the Super Bowl he refused to do it, which made made Callahan a lame duck and hurt the program. And yet now they give an extension to Del Rio, and Del Rio is going to be the problem at the end of the day. I mean his challenges, the way he manages the game. I mean he cost them at the end of the half. It's just really it, it, it's really not good. And and I think the really the biggest issue is. The Raiders think they're really good, like going to Sarasota. They're going to go all the way back to Sarasota. They're going down to Sarasota because they play Miami. Like, are you kidding me? That's just what you want them to do. An undisciplined team hanging out in South Florida. Good luck. That's going to be fun. They'll probably hang out with DJ Khaled, your boy. Um, next that's up, my guy. <laughs> that's your guy, DJ. Uh, next up, we have the KGB Award. Uh, that's going to go. We usually give this to a team that loses, but the Falcons won. It was just so ugly that we have to we have to give them this award this week. They were just unprepared for the New York Jets. I mean, look, the Jets did a great job against them. The Jets moved the ball. I mean, Josh McCowan had like a hundred nineteen quarterback rating. I mean, they moved the ball. They were they were consistent. I, I really think. When you break them down, the Falcons, I mean, obviously they missed Steve Sarkeesian badly, but, you know, today they ca- caught a break. I mean, they really caught a break, and they were able to, uh, you know, come away with the win, but it was a tough game, tough weather. But they gave up 257 yards passing to, to Josh McCowan and the Jets in a, in a rainstorm. you got to really wonder about that one. Yeah, that's really tough. Uh, next up, we have Can't Tell My Courage from My Desperation, Philip Rivers, and the, unfortunately, uh, another loss for the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, you know, look, I, this is the one game we didn't we didn't call. I thought I thought the Chargers would at least cover. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure they could win, but I thought they would cover. I thought it would be a three point game. It ended up not being. But I don't know where Travis Benjamin was going on the punt return. Like Travis, it's wrong way. You know, like you're going the wrong way. He got the safety, which killed him. And then you know they they gave up the big the the Patriots give up the long run to Melvin Gordon, an 87 yard touchdown run, and Rivers. Just, you know, he's 30 attempts for his longest pass play of the day was 24 yards. I mean, they did a good job of keeping him in front of him, but I didn't think they were courageous enough. They didn't make the plays they needed to make, and they did a dumb thing. I mean, you can't try a 51-yard field goal against Tom Brady in a rainstorm. You know, and you're going to give the Patriots the ball back. The reason this game was even close, Patriots went into the game, they were 4 for 18 on third downs in the red zone, and they went 0 for 5 today on third downs in the red zone. 
So now they're four for 23 on third downs in the red zone. That's the one thing that's keeping these games close against the Patriots. Patriots haven't been able to put touchdowns. All they do is kick field goals, and then they missed one today. Yeah, Guskowski, I couldn't believe you missed that one. That was uh, very out of Well, the weather was horrible. I mean, if you've ever been there with the wind swirling, and and the weather's horrible. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You would think Matt Ryan, who's played up in that Boston weather, would have something in the bag playing in in the conditions, but he just doesn't. You know why? Because because they're so West Coast oriented, they probably go inside to practice because they want to make sure they can run their plays right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Patriots, no matter what the weather is, they go outside. Uh, dome teams. Dome teams are tough. Uh, final one. If yeah. you don't know, now you know. What's this one, Lombardi? It's got to be Deshaun Watson. Man, the, the guy's for real. Okay? Like, uh, you know, I told this to Robert Mays today via text. He's a Bear fan. The Bears picked the wrong one, too. Let's be honest. I mean, the, the, the quarter, let's redraft the quarterbacks. And, you know, what he's done and what he's been able to do so far, I, I can't even begin to tell you. And the, the Houston Texans are a legitimate, fun team to watch. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, 19 passing touchdowns, most by a rookie ever in his first seven games of a season. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like every single week we just add more and more accolades to his resume. Um, I know this is crazy, but when Keyshawn Johnson came out at the start of the season, when he said to Sean Watson, he was like, that is Michael Jordan of football. He might not be lying. I mean, the guy looks like some, he's just something special. I, I, it's so fun to watch. And after we saw him cut up Alabama last year and then come back when they had the tape on him and do it again and win the national championship, we all should have known that he was the best quarterback coming out in that draft. And, you know, I, I, I'm the biggest Mitchell Trubisky fan you will find. But there's no way that he's a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson at this point. And if you watch them both play in the ACC, you should have known that. And Deshaun's better than Lamar Jackson, too. I mean, the guy got slighted across the board. And uh, I, I hope we continue to give him his due because he deserves it. He does. The next week he gets to play the Indianapolis Colts. So the rookie rookie touchdown record that he has, you can promise he'll probably put five more on the Colts. <laughs> I would agree with that. That is a that is a very good point. It'll be a good AFC South battle for sure. Um, Lombardi, we got Monday Night Football coming up. Uh, anything to to look forward to tomorrow? Anything to watch? I, I mean, this is one of those games, Tate Frazier, where I mean, the, 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 if you're the Broncos, you you've got to go to Philly next week. I mean, if you don't win this game, you're you're basically like you're looking at a seven and nine, six and ten, eight and eight season. You mm-hmm. got to find a way to steal this win. I don't know if they can do it. You know, Kansas City's got. Kansas City is a good team to play. They've lost one home game already this year. They're not going to lose that many. It's tough to play there. Denver's offense, to me, when you're a bad offensive line, you don't travel well. Denver's defense can be can, can create some turnovers. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I, I think Kansas City's the better team. I think Kansas City will win it, especially Andy Reid coming off a bye week. I think he's always more dangerous, and I think they can attack, especially this team that wants to play so much man-to-man against, the, against Kansas City. I don't think that's a good matchup. What happens if uh, if the Denver defense does something miraculous and just dominates this game and the Chiefs go on a three-game slide? I mean, do people start pivoting back on them and, and start questioning whether they are for real or not? Because obviously they lose two in a row, and now you know we're in this weird limbo where they're considered one of the top teams still, but you know, you know, know, sometimes they get knocked down a little bit if, if they take a loss to Denver. Well, look, they've got to go play Dallas next week in Dallas. they got the clapper. And it was, by the way, Tate Frazier, it was hard to clap today. It was a lot of... We didn't wear a hat, and it was raining hard, okay? And so it was hard. We had a lot of wet claps today. It was hard to really get a good clap. You got to persevere. Keep clapping. I bet he's clapped in the rain before. Before he went there, I bet he practiced clapping in the rain. But look, you know, you got the Chiefs. The Chiefs played in Dallas after this game. And then, so just say the Chiefs lose Monday night. That's five and three. They got to go to Dallas. 
you know, that, that 5-0 and start could easily turn around and be 5-4. and four. That's why this is like a must win. And Denver, Denver's got to go to Philadelphia. They can't, if they go into Philly at 3-4 and four to play the 7-1 and one Eagles, that's a tough game, you know. And, look, I think they'll put pressure on them. I think Von Miller will, will be able to rush. They're going to have to have a hard time blocking them. So I, I, these are like this is like a must-win for both teams. It'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. I like the Chiefs, but I think Denver's back is to the wall. Yep, definitely at this point. Uh, one final note for me before we get out of here. I just want to say Julius Peppers, fourth all-time sack leader, 151.5 sacks, 200 is obviously the most. Um, he's given getting up in uh, rare territory. He got the mic after the game today. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch Julius Peppers. Uh, Michael uh, Strahan made a great joke. He said Julius Peppers is still getting sacks, and he's 49 years old. And that's not too much of an exaggeration. He's been playing football for quite some time, and uh, – I don't know the guy. The guy's hey, found the field. Better. I mean, it, yeah. I thought he was done when he left Carolina. He's getting better. You know, it really is. And he's he's getting sacks. I mean, he he's making plays. He's creating rush. I mean, the guy. Look, look. I, I give Carolina a lot of credit. I mean, they admitted they they were uh, they admitted they they shouldn't let him go, and they brought him back. And he's really proven to be a good player for him. So. Hats off to him. I agree with you, Tate Frazier. Yep, that was my final homer statement of the day. Um, Lombardi, Absolutely. we'll be back Tuesday, yeah. or we'll be back Wednesday, actually. Uh, and we'll talk about the Monday night game and preview. Uh, and we'll react to all the trades. So. Of course, there's going to be a lot of trades that are going to be happening. Um, if there was one big name that's a little under the radar that you expect that could be moved, I know we mentioned Joe Staley. Is that the biggest one? I think Staley could be the biggest name moved if they do that. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying, you know, only because I'm reading between the tea leaves at the press conference. I think if somebody wants to pay a bunch for T.Y. Hilton, they could probably have them, but it's going to cost them a lot. I would say those two would be the two biggest names. I can't see – I don't want to call Martavius Bryant a big name, so I wouldn't call that one. But to me, I think it'll be – look, one thing Belichick likes to do at this time of year is try to take a guy you're trying to get rid of, and he'll trade you a – fifth round pick for your six basically it doesn't cost them anything to do it so I, but uh my sense of it is i don't think there'll be that much going on but we'll see i i know that the uh, the uh the patriots don't necessarily need ty hilton but uh he would be perfect the the new Dion branch if he went there if they if they were to work some well, magic and get they already him there. got it they can't they're having a hard time getting the ball to having yeah, to get the cooks. i mean yeah. the one the one problem they had today is is chris i mean chris hogan hurt his shoulder. Now, I don't know how bad it is, and they've got the bye coming up. So, But look, they played better on defense. They gave up the one big run today, so their defense is actually playing better. Yep. It'll be fun. Uh, we will be back Wednesday. Um, this has been another edition of GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Tate Frazier. That's Mike Lombardi. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks again to LinkedIn, the best place to find great talent for your hiring needs. Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. Go to linkedin.com slash NFL for a $50 credit toward your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply.